Welcome to PwC's Global Transfer Pricing Podcast. Today, we will be discussing about some of the transfer pricing trends in Japan and how this may practically impact taxpayers in Japan. My name is Kikyo Koizumi, and I'm joined today by partner Michael Polishek, Senior Manager Goro Mizushima, and Manager Ashlyn Kaoboki, who all work as TP specialists at PwC Tax Japan. We will start off with Goro presenting about tax audits of intercompany transactions in Japan, followed by Michael, who will be talking about the examination of intercompany transactions specifically under the Japanese donation rules, and then Ashlyn, who will give us a brief update on a new program instituted by the National Tax Agency, or NTA, for the purpose of advising certain taxpayers on the preparation of the required local file. So go. I understand that there are two types of audits conducted by the Japanese tax authorities that cover related party transactions. Can you please explain the differences between these two types of audits? Sure, Kikio. The first one is a special one, and the second one is a general one. The first one, special one, transfer pricing special audit conducted by transfer pricing special examiners. So they tend to focus on technical transfer pricing issues such as functions and risks of related parties and the appropriateness of comparables used. So this type of audit may last up to one year or even more. The second one, general corporate tax audit that covers all corporate tax issues including transfer pricing, which is conducted by the general corporate tax examiners. And they may not be very familiar with transfer pricing issues, so they tend to focus on intercompany transactions from donation perspective, which we will explain later. This audit may finish within three months or so, so this is rather quick. And please keep in mind that one of the typical questions to be asked about transfer pricing during this type of audit is please provide a detailed calculation of transfer prices. Then examiners focus on often focus on finding calculation errors so that they can make a small amount of donation assessment. They will indeed take a very, very close look at your calculation sheets. Could you tell us the general attitude of these tax examiners in Japan? Sure. As you may be able to imagine when it comes to Japanese people, the Japanese examiners are often generally very formalistic and detail-oriented. As standard procedure, they will issue a number of information and document requests during audits to which taxpayers are expected to provide responses in writing, not orally, in writing, and explain at face-to-face meetings with examiners. For transfer pricing special audits, meetings with examiners may be held as often as every week. Once a week, so very burdensome for taxpayers. And what is the transfer pricing audit environment like in Japan lately? Uh, do the Japanese tax authorities' attitude reflect BEPS initiatives to the audit? Yes. Uh, well, in line with the global movement to reinforce compliance with transfer pricing legislation and BEPS Action 13, the Japanese tax authorities are more aggressive in conducting transfer pricing audits lately. According to a press release, 
from the Japanese NTA. The number of transurprising assessment cases and amounts for the fiscal year ending June 30, 2017, there are 169 cases and 62.7 billion yen, almost equivalent to US dollars 500 million. So average assessment amount per case is Japanese yen 371 million, US dollars 3 million. So the assessment amount in total is four times, not twice, not three times, four times as much as the previous fiscal year. So the Japanese tax authorities are indeed become aggressive in conducting transupplying audits lately. Lastly, do you have any tips for taxpayers who may experience transupplying order in Japan, especially from a perspective of headquarters located outside of Japan? Yes, of course. I'm happy to do so. So when you receive a notification from your subsidiaries in Japan that the Japanese tax examiners will conduct an income tax audit, the first question, not the second one, the first question you should ask to local Japanese CFO, controller, or finance manager would be, which audit is it? Transupplying special audit? or a general corporate tax audit. Because the Japanese tax authorities approach and focus in the audit, and hence the taxpayer should handle the audit, will be different depending on which type of audit it is. So please make sure that you will ask the first question, which audit is a transfer pricing special audit or general corporate tax audit? Thank you. Thank you, Gaurav. Now that we have a background on the audits that take place in Japan, I would now like to ask Michael about the donation issues that arise upon examinations of intercompany transactions. Michael, Agoro mentioned that the Japanese tax examiners will often look at taxpayers' intercompany transactions under the Japanese donation rules. Can you explain these rules and how they are used by the Japanese tax examiners when reviewing intercompany transactions? Sure. So the donation rules are basically what they sound like. They apply to gratuitous transfers that are made by a taxpayer, and they place limits on the deductibility of such transfers. The Japanese tax examiners that will apply these rules to intercompany transactions where they deem those transactions to be made at more or less than market value. So these rules generally come into play in cross-border related party transactions in cases where the Japanese taxpayer has paid a foreign-related party an amount that the tax examiners consider to be excessive. In other words, only two transactions that result in a reduction in the profitability of the Japanese taxpayer. I also understand that there are certain areas in particular where the donation rules are applied by the Japanese tax examiners where taxpayers might otherwise expect only the transfer pricing rules would apply. Yeah, that's right. Retrospective transfer pricing adjustments are particularly susceptible to review under the donation rules. Such adjustments are permissible and often, of course, are necessary to ensure taxpayers' transactions for a given year are conducted on an arm's length basis. However, the transfer pricing guidelines indicate that such adjustments should be reasonable and agreed in advance between the related parties. So if there is nothing in the intercompany agreement specifically providing for such retrospective adjustments, or if there is no intercompany agreement, or if the adjustment is not supported by transfer pricing documentation, the tax examiners may take a position that uh, the payment made by the Japanese taxpayer for purposes of retrospectively adjusting transfer prices isn't reasonable, and uh, therefore make an adjustment on a uh, donation basis. 
Another area where the examiners like to apply the donation rules is with respect to related party service transactions. For example, if a Japanese taxpayer cannot adequately support an intercompany service charge from a foreign affiliate, such as not being able to show the economic benefit of the services to the Japanese taxpayer, the tax examiners may disallow a deduction for all or a portion of the service charge as a donation. And yet another area where the donation rules could unsuspectingly cause problems is with respect to transactions between two related Japanese companies. The transfer pricing rules would obviously not apply to such transactions as domestic, but the donation rules can be applied, and if the transaction is considered not to be arm's length, there can be an adjustment. So in practice, the application of the donation rules is really quite similar to the application of the transfer pricing rules, but there is one aspect of donation assessments that differs from transfer pricing assessments. Am I right? That's right. This is an important consideration. The application of the donation rules isn't materially different, as you say, from the application of the transfer pricing rules, except in one important way. The Japanese competent authority's position is that assessments made under the donation rules, which are domestic in nature, are not eligible for the mutual agreement procedure. So unlike in the case of a transfer pricing assessment, the taxpayer wouldn't be able to avail itself of MAP for a donation assessment made with respect to a cross-border transaction. So a donation assessment will generally result in double taxation. And this is true even for disallowed deductions for retrospective transfer pricing adjustments. That sounds like a rather onerous procedure, and an outcome that taxpayers would try to avoid. Uh, how can they minimize the risk of a donation assessment? So basically, taxpayers should take measures in those areas I mentioned earlier where the Japanese tax examiners focus on donation issues. So, for example, a taxpayer should ensure that intercompany agreements with related parties contain a provision allowing for retrospective transfer pricing adjustments where necessary to ensure that transactions are conducted on arm's length basis. Similarly, they should ensure that any transfer pricing adjustments are supported by transfer pricing documentation. For intercompany service charges, uh, what we recommend taxpayers should do is have a defense file that documents the economic benefit received by the service recipient and that otherwise supports the reasonableness of the amount charged, such things as the reasonableness of the method of allocating costs among all the service recipients. And finally, companies shouldn't ignore the need to ensure that even purely domestic transactions between related parties be conducted on an arm's length basis with documentation that supports it. Thank you very much, Michael. Sure. Lastly, I would like to ask Ashlyn about tax visits, which is now a new program instituted by the NTA. Following the Japanese adoption of BEP Section 13, the NTA published guidelines in 2017 on transfer pricing documentation. According to the NTA Transfer Pricing Guidebook for Taxpayers, the Regional Taxation Bureau Investigation Department will visit certain taxpayers that, as a result of the newly implemented TP rules, will be required to prepare documentation contemporaneously. Ashlyn, could you explain to us the purpose of these visits? Yes, I can. So the Regional Taxation Bureau, or RTB, will begin uh, targeting certain taxpayers for visits, and the purpose of these visits is ostensibly to provide guidance on the new requirements under the Japanese version of the BEPS Action 13. So at these meetings, the RTB will inquire about the general status of the preparation of the documentation of the taxpayers and discuss the outline of the transactions to be covered and confirm with them the contents of the local file. And they would also be there to respond to any queries that the taxpayers may have. I think it's worth noting that these visits should not be taken as an audit. How are the tax authorities selecting companies for such visits? 
At present, the RTB is targeting primarily Japanese headquartered companies, and they are also selecting companies who, under the new legislation, would be required to prepare contemporaneous documentation. Although I should note that these visits are not limited to taxpayers who fall under the new documentation requirements, but also include companies that the RTB believes will benefit from such visits. Is there a procedure in place for the tax visits? There is, and it's quite simple. So the RTB will uh, contact the selected taxpayer and then arrange a suitable time and a date. Uh, are there any benefits to having such tax visits? For taxpayers that haven't prepared TP documentation in the past or who are unclear or feeling uncertain about the new requirements, these visits could be beneficial for them. However, for taxpayers that have prepared transfer pricing documentation uh, before or who are already getting advice from their advisors, such as PwC, these uh, visits might not be that helpful. Uh, I just want to point out that the requirements for the local file under the new legislation closely mirror the requirements under previous legislation. So again, companies that already prepared TP documentation in the past might not find these visits particularly helpful. Sounds like the tax authorities of PwC's new competitors. Uh, are there any disadvantages to having such visits? Well, according to the NTA's internal audit manual, any information that's gathered through these visits could be used in a potential future audit. So it's advisable that taxpayers exercise some caution with these visits. However, if the taxpayer has a robust transfer pricing policy in place and they can clearly articulate their transfer pricing position, there should be no negative consequences as a result of the visit. But is that an option? Can taxpayers refuse a visit from the tax authorities? Uh, yes, they can, because the visits are not mandatory. Again, they're there for the guidance and providing information for the taxpayers, so they can respectfully decline a visit if they do not want to meet with the tax authorities. And it's really important to note that there are no penalties for refusing a visit. Uh, even though there are no penalties, won't refusal raise the suspicions of the tax authorities? Uh, not necessarily, because the RTB is presenting these visits as an opportunity to explain the new TP documentation requirements and to provide guidance. So if the taxpayer can explain, we already have a system in place, we are preparing our TP documentation and we fully understand the new requirements, then there is no point to the visit. Okay, thank you, Ashlyn. And thank you, Michael and Goro, for your inputs too. And thank you to everyone who listened to this episode. If you would like further information about these topics, please email the participants whose email addresses can be found in the description of this episode.